And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy best day of the college football playoff semifinals ever. Ari Wasserman was at the Fiesta Bowl. I was at the Peach Bowl. Ari, have you recovered? I don't know which game was more. Ex- I mean, the Ohio State Georgia game had to be more exciting, right? Because it came down to a final kick. I, I could uh, barely breathe. It yeah, was no, unbelievable. That, that was unbelievable. That was that was so. I mean, I felt like my face was melting because it felt like every time some team did anything, the other team immediately responded. Which I know is is what the game you were at felt like for a while. Oh yeah, for sh- for sure. Like there's no question about it. Like. You know, it seemed like TCU was going to pull away and win that game five different times, and then Michigan came back and scored quickly. And, um, man, that Horn Frogs team, dude, like, they're something special. Like, well, I don't it, know it, if they're going to be able to beat Georgia. You know, yeah. you know how I feel, but that team deserves every bit of of um, praise it gets and, and can enjoy this moment because if you would have told me, uh, Stuart looked us up at the, at the Fiesta Bowl, but uh, TCU – was a 20, like it was like 230 to one to make the playoff this year. Right. Like, it, right. Nobody, like even, nobody even thought about them when the season started. Right. I think they were fit, picked to finish seventh in the big 12. Yeah. And like the column that I wrote after the game um, was that it's helping. It's like going to help be the first step to make me rethink the stars matter mantra in terms of the way that we used to view it, mm-hmm. the way that you're, you're compiling a roster now is different the way that they had 13 transfers after last year. And, you know, they might be number 32 in the composite rankings, but their team is better than, than what that indicates as a result of how they were able to flip their team. But man, um, you know, Michigan had a lot of unforced errors um, and TCU capitalized on them Two pick sixes in the same game. I felt like I was on an Iowa game, uh, you know, the <laughs> well, defense t- t- stepped t- up. But TCU kept scoring. They kept pouring it on. Cause I kept thinking, Every time Michigan would get it close, like, okay, this is it. This is where they take over. But TCU would respond. Uh, Brandon Simmons in the chat with a great question. Can we talk about what Gary Patterson is thinking right now? Has a school ever erected a statue of a coach that's never won a title, fired him the next season, and the new coach win a title in year one? No. I mean, the closest comparison to this is Auburn firing Gene Chizik and Gus Malzahn taking them to the, to the SEC title and the national title game the following But Gene Chizik won a national title. Correct. So exactly. Like that. That's the difference. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Gary Patterson's thinking. I mean, I know human nature would probably be like, I wish they wouldn't be this good so that they felt needed, you know. But, you know. But they're not the credit- here without his ability to identify talent. Let's be real about that. Yeah, they're not here without his ability to identify talent and, and having key pieces on the roster that still carried over. But they're also not here if Sonny Dykes didn't get the defensive lineman out of the portal that he needed. Exactly. You know, it's, it's just, I saw a tweet in the middle of the game that I, that stuck with me. It's like Max Duggan lost a quarterback battle this year. Yes. And then became a Heisman finalist. And now is just showing out. uh, Think about it this way. At, at either 
the guy who didn't win the opening day starter job for Georgia last year is going to win two national titles in a row, or a guy who didn't win the the starting quarterback job at TCU this year is going to win the national title. Yeah, we were uh, we were one kick away from having a national championship game between two non conference champs. champions. Oh, um, people's heads would have exploded. Yeah. So, um, in terms of the entire package, both games together. That was the best in the eight-year history of the four team, right? Nine, nine season history, yes. It was, nine, it was it's nine. Well, nine Jeez. seasons, yeah. They've done it nine times. It, it absolutely was. It a hundred percent was the best set of semifinals we've seen. I don't even think there's another set that's even close because the the best individual game is that Georgia Oklahoma Rose Bowl still, but the Alabama Clemson game and the Sugar Bowl right after that was so boring. It was probably the most boring of all of them. So. Right. This was but there were no blowouts. Two bangers. It was incredible. And and here's the thing. And this is what I wrote about after the the Georgia Ohio State game. If Utah doesn't beat USC, we don't get that. We get the we get we probably get the classic TCU Michigan game, maybe, or we get Michigan USC and Georgia TCU. But we may get Georgia USC, which especially if Caleb Williams is still hampered by the hamstring. I don't think that game would have been particularly close. Instead, we got Georgia playing a team of fairly equal talent and CJ Stroud answering every critic of his play. Like in every, oh, yeah. se- every way we've criticized CJ Stroud, he answered. It felt like there were, there were like 10 individual plays that were direct responses to a criticism of him that has been lobbed over the last month. Yeah. The funniest one being a, 20-ish yard rush to get them into field goal range when they started to drive with less than 27 yards. yards? Yes. It was unbelievable. Was it the longest rush of his Ohio State career? When when they scored the touchdown, when Stetson Bennett hit A.D. Mitchell for that touchdown, which was huge. A.D. Mitchell came back from injury in this game, and and he had had played a little bit in the SEC championship game, but he'd been hurt, and, and they didn't do much with him. So that catch was the biggest catch he'd made since the touchdown in the national title game last year. So he makes that catch. There's 54 seconds left, and everybody in the press box and everybody in the stands and everybody on their couch and everybody on a bar stool was going, that's too much time. 54 seconds felt like a month for C.J. Stroud to get them into field goal range. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they probably could have gotten a little bit closer, too, at the end there. You know, I know there's going to be a lot of people who criticize Ryan Day for, um, you know, maybe not trying to get more yardage to set up a more manageable kick, um, but I thought he coached his ass off in that game. And... You know, the, the point that I made, like, listen, first, I got to say, I didn't give Ohio State a shot in hell to win that football game, and I was None clearly wrong did. about it. The second thing I want to say is that's exactly what the column that I wrote meant two mm-hmm. and a half weeks ago when Georgia got matched up with Ohio State. People were like, ah, oh, they suck. They almost lost to Michigan. Uh, there's no way that Georgia's going to sweat with this team. And then they played a national championship caliber game. And Georgia was a field goal away from not advancing because they played a team that was loaded with talent the way that they were that played well. You know, that said, you know, Ohio State fans are going to try to, you know, point the finger that it was a tough, you know, last two games of the year. But Ohio State's best might not have been good enough to beat Georgia's best because Georgia's just a better football team. But Ohio State might end up being the second best team in the country this year. Yeah, they, they probably were. I mean, I yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what Listen, happens in the TCU Georgia game. Maybe want, maybe that's wrong. But I want to fight my temptation to do what I've done at every turn, because my 
gut feeling when I was watching the Georgia Ohio State game was that this is the national championship game. That whoever wins this football game is going to yeah, go on I, to win it. And I don't TCU, know if that's fair. I don't, yeah, after watching TCU, I don't feel that way. I, I feel like that game, Georgia TCU, is going to stand on its own. And I hope TCU plays the same way they played against Michigan against Georgia because if they do, this will be a game. This will the thing be a that I'll say about game. TCU is that they play so hard. They are so fast, and no matter what's going on in the game, good or bad, they are legitimately there to scrap on the next play. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, a, a gift of what great teams have. Like TCU has scrapped all year for everything that it's gotten, and it would be a disservice to TCU to pretend like they have no shot to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the column I wrote is we have to rethink about this, the how we how we view rosters and the talent that they have and. Hell, maybe TCU is more talented than that number indicates. Well, I, I would think so. I mean, TCU is what, number 32 in the talent composite? What's that? TCU is number 32 in the 32, talent composite. 32, yeah. Is that right? And and so, obviously, not over the cut line of the blue chip ratio, which, uh, you know, our, our buddy Bud Elliott, I think he's going to have to rethink how that works. We're, we're going to have to rethink how we calculate it. Yeah, yeah because, because what we're going to have to do realistically – is, is what the teams are actually doing. And that's reevaluate. Once a guy goes into the transfer portal, reevaluate where he is. Because if he was a five-star recruit, but he's done nothing, then you, you take him down a few notches. If he was a three-star recruit, or let's say it's like a Jordan Addison, who is a, I think he was a three-star, or maybe he was a four-star, but, but wins a Bolitnikoff, well, he's a five-star now, that you, like mm-hmm. when USC grabs him. It's a very complicated discussion. I don't know if we should blow a ton of time on it, but it's definitely something that we need to talk about maybe in, in the next That's week. a great off season discussion and, yeah. and, 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 a, and a good this week discussion. You're absolutely right. Yeah, this is because we're going to have to bring that stuff up when we're talking about TCU in the context of whether or not they can match up with Georgia, because what TCU well, listen, did against Michigan was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Georgia is a completely different animal to that. Like Georgia it's, a, it's is not a even the same ga- galaxy. Yeah. That said, Georgia's defense did not look impenetrable anymore. No, you can throw on them. Yeah. C.J. Stroud sliced and diced them. And it wasn't that they didn't get pressure. They did get pressure. And, and I'm the one who's been saying C.J. Stroud doesn't look great against pressure because he hadn't. He in looked the game faster he, in this game to me. He looked loose. He it, the, the play where he gets away from two different guys and runs toward the right sideline and hit, then hits Harrison in the end zone. Like, that's a that is a top five draft pick quarterback yeah. play like well i mean it's even the one the hidden plays that you don't really talk about like escaping pressure and being able to throw it away rather than getting sacked yes you know like he saved a lot of yards and he also complete he, passes he also ate the ball a couple times where where he had no hope and it was the smart play he didn't try to do anything crazy mm-hmm. and that's why georgia didn't force a turnover at all like that was one of the bigger things in the game so yeah. All right, our buddy Chris Vanini, our coworker. What is the narrative on Ryan Day now? It seemed this game could define our view of him. What is it after that performance? I, I think I thought he restored himself a little. A little? A lot. Well, you know, you're gonna go into the offseason with a certain segment of the Ohio State fan base that is going to say no moral victories. You're gonna have a coach that lost two games but in a row the to thing. Michigan. You are one kick away from beating mm-hmm. what we think is probably gonna be the national championship team. Have you been reading this chat on the right here? I know. I know. 
Yeah. I, I mean, people are gonna be like, why did he get conservative at the end? Why didn't he try to get more yardage? Why didn't he try to score? <laughs> they didn't get conservative. They threw a couple times after yeah. after they got to the, the 31. They were trying. Look at here. Oh, Chase Edwards. He's blown his second 14 plus lead in the playoffs, Andy. Uh, against the best team in the country. Yeah. You were one point different from the best team in the country. And if a kick had gone differently, you'd have been two points better than the best team in the country. So here's what I said. That's before all the you game. can hope for. That's all said, you can ask of them. Ohio State lost all benefit of the doubt to pick them to win this game because it was fair to question whether or not Ryan Day was capable of getting them to play at the level that they played tonight. And the reason why I said that was because they spent the entire previous year fixating on Michigan. And when they played them, it was an unimaginative ass kicking on your home field. So why would I think that with a three week period to get this team ready to play Georgia, a much better version of Michigan, that he would be able to put them in a position to play, you know, at a high level. And that was wrong. He clearly got every ounce of what he could get out of this football team. And hell, if, if Marvin Harrison doesn't go out, then maybe Ohio State gets yeah, even closer at the it's end. It's the whole James Williams going down in the national yeah, title. Yeah, it's the game. second it's the time it's happened thing. for Georgia in two years, you know? So it, it, you know, I personally don't think that you could sit back and, and criticize Ryan Day for losing. L- L- and and the fact of the matter is, is sometimes you just lose to a better team. And, and, and Georgia's a juggernaut. They're a machine. They, yeah. I mean, they and they're more battle-tested in this scenario. So, you know, I don't know. I think that Ryan Day, the way I view him in the direction of the program, has shifted dramatically, and you wrote the column about whether or not you know this. This yeah. if Ohio State were to blow out or be blown out by Georgia, it would that, be very different. And it would be it was bad when they lost to Michigan because it means you have a Michigan problem. But if you get blown out by Georgia, then it shows that the team that you're supposed to be competing with is in a class of itself, and that you don't compare to those things. And Ohio State cleared cleared yeah. the fence on that. I mean, but Ohio, yeah, Ohio toe State to toe the entire game clearly was toe to toe with Georgia. And that's that's all you can ask for. And that was and how many was the, teams in college football, Andy, go toe to toe with Georgia for four quarters? Very few. And th- that was the gist of my column: was did Ohio State have a bad quarter and a half, or were they a soft program? They proved tonight they are not a soft program. They're yeah. not. They they so, they went toe to toe with the team that most people agree is the best team in the country. And if a kick goes differently, they win the game. That's all you can ask for. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, I, I do want to read these two quarterback stat lines. Okay, as, go ahead. Like, C.J. Stroud was great, but Stetson Bennett was amazing, too. C.J. Stroud was 23 of 34 
for 348 yards and four touchdowns. He also, uh, now he lost yards on stacks, but he did rush for, he gained 71 yards as a rusher. He finished with four, with 34 net yards because they pull out sacks, but he was, he was very good on the ground as well. Uh, but Stetson Bennett, 23 of 34, 398 yards. So 11.7 yards per pass attempt, three TDs and a pick. I mean, it was out freaking standing play by both quarterbacks. And it was just, you never had any doubt. Like the, it surprised you when the defense made any kind of stop at all. That's how hot these two guys were. Yeah. Oh, and what's college football at its best, right? Watching high level quarterbacks play high level football with the, with the biggest stage, you know, that was a, that was a, a spectacle. And I was watching the game with Stu and, and Bruce in Bruce's hotel room at the Camelback Inn. And it was just, I mean, College football at its peak. College yeah. football at its peak. It's everything you want. Uh, Kevin Tay with an interesting question <coughs> off the game you were at. What about the narrative on Jim Harbaugh? Sure, he's beaten Ohio State twice, but he can't get past the semis. Could this be the ceiling for him in Michigan? Does this increase the chance he goes back to the NFL? I, I don't know. Mm. I had somebody tell me they thought he might take – that he'd be willing to take the Colts or the Broncos jobs. Those jobs stink. So if he really wants to go – he might get a chance because because a lot of the the hot NFL head coaching candidates might not want those. But I don't think this showed that they can't get past the semis. If the thing it's hard to a win a playoff way, they game. get past this semi. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's hard to win a playoff game. And if you think about what I mean, what does this say about Jim Harbaugh? When you think about the the depths of which his program has advanced in the past two years, the fact that they seem to have solved or, or don't seem to they have solved their Ohio State problem. And Ohio State, you know, has a problem yeah. with Michigan. They've won the Big Ten in consecutive years, and um, they went to the playoff. And you know, it's tough that they they lost, you know, uh, to TCU. But you know, losing two years in a row in the semifinals is not something that you hang your hat on or yeah. hang your head about. You know, like you know, if you're going to get Michigan to the playoff in four out of ten years then I think you're doing really well at Michigan mm-hmm. and he did it two years in a row. I think this guy can, can kind of write his own ticket now for at least the next five. Yeah. If he wants, and if he wants to go to the NFL, okay. But I think what It'd he's be such doing a shame now, if he went to the NFL now too, with what he's got going there, he, man, he's like, going to break going. through if he keeps doing this. Yeah. Like, I mean, think about the improvement from the past two years. Now, if they approve on this, they sign a really good 2024 class. They keep killing it in the portal. Like they've been killing it. And that's a tough team, you know, watching Michigan play, like, listen, I'll say this right now, and I'm going to curse. Okay, so get ready. Go ahead. Go Them ahead. pulling that that touchdown that Michigan had in the second quarter off the board was bullshit. Like that guy, that was a touchdown. No, that was wrong. He, yeah, that was the, like just the ball. Was, the ball bounced off his forearm. He then slid over the goal over line, the goal line, and, and he, he caught he it in the end zone. I have no idea how on review they overturned that call. It was the correct call on the field, and the video evidence supported it. Like I, mean, it I don't even know why they reviewed sense. it to begin with. The ball yeah. never even touched the ground. There was nothing even to review, and I get. Well, like, no. If what they were thinking cool. is he caught the ball at the one, and then were they reviewing the to see the? I thought they were reviewing the catch. They were reviewing the spot. Yes, they were reviewing where he caught yeah. the ball, but they got it wrong on the review because they said he caught it at you know ahead of the goal line. He did not. He didn't have control until after he crossed the goal line. Yeah, and you know the the grab ass on the on the first red zone appearance where they ran the the Philly oh. special. It's like, come That's on, ridiculous. man. You, that, that, I'm not of sure. Course, I then love that then call. they try the dive on the next one and they fumble. So, I mean, they had three, two goal, um, 
situations in the first half and came away with three points. And it's just like, you know, Michigan, if you really kind of think about some of the plays that happened in that game, you know, they, they were right there. I mean, if you come away thinking that Jim Harbaugh's a fraud or that he yeah. can't win after that, then I don't know what you're watching. Like every bad a- thing that could have happened to them in the first half happened and they were still in the game. And then that third quarter was just bananas. Can I, I say I was something on- else? I want to yes, say something else about course. Jim Harbaugh. Of course. I don't know about you. Like I gave that guy so much shit for the past four years. Yeah. In the last two years, like he's still been weird, but I found him to be far more likable than he was even before. And maybe that's trying, what happens when he's, he's winning. trying so hard. Like he was at the beginning. But like, if you see the way that his players cling to him, they love him the way that he interact, like he goes through the workouts and he, you know, he does things that other coaches don't do. And I, and I thought, I just kind of like, feel like this guy built the program, the lard, the long hard way. And he got through idiots like me talking about how bad he was for the first five years. He didn't respond to any of that stuff. He did things his own way and he broke through. He took half the salary. Like, I don't know how a person could not like Jim Harbaugh based on what he's done the last three years. Like I respect the hell out of anybody. How many coaches do what he did with his salary? Not many. Scott Frost did, and 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 he ended up losing the job anyway, but getting all the money. Jim Harbaugh is the only one who who bet Ta- on took himself. Took half a salary, won. bet himself, yeah. got the money back, and built the program that he thought he could build. You know, and you know to beat the the rival uh, two years in a row um, and get to a point that we all thought was impossible. Like if you yeah. would have told me two years ago that they'd beat Ohio State twice and kick their ass twice, um, I would have been like, "What are you?" You know, this is a talent problem. This isn't something that any coach can even fix. And he's just, um, you know, it's just incredible. Doug Douglas Andrew thinks it's an incredibly bad take for me to think that Jim Harbaugh is weird. So um, I don't know. Douglas, don't, have you have you paid any attention, attention over the last anything he's oh, done I don't know. for the past twenty years? I don't know. Yeah, when when <laughs> was he on Saved by the Bell? I think it started before then. So uh, yeah, Douglas, I don't know what what you're watching, but he is weird. I think it's endearingly it's, weird. It's, it's in it is turning into endearingly weird. Yeah. At first it was off-puttingly weird. And now that he's winning and, and he did what he did. Like, I love the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's so like I, that, that is weird. Like the, it is weird to think that he's not weird. And now <laughs> it's actually an honor that you call me Jim Harbaugh weird. At exactly. first it was kind of an insult. Like I'm no, Jim Harbaugh. No, it was weird. always a compliment. <laughs> I'm I mean, I'll wear a shirt that says Harbaugh weird. I'll be I'll be one of the I'll be one of the freaks with him. Yeah. Yes. I'm a freak. You're endearingly weird. Harbaugh weird actually. If we ever get our t-shirt printing off the ground cuz well stars matter we might not be able to do. Dudes everywhere we're still going to do no matter what. Yeah, we might have uh, to change the podcast name if TCU wins the national championship, but that's a discussion for next week. Frogs matter. Stars don't matter. I don't know. Hypnotoads um, matter. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I really do. I really do have a lot of respect for that man. And it's a team that is really easy to root for. And the thing that you love about college football too, is when a team likes each other and they like their coach and they want to play for that guy and they want to, you know, win for their program. And like, I mean, I feel like Michigan is the perfect manifestation of what people love about college football. Yeah. And for as cool of a story as TCU was to to move on and, I'm excited to continue to talk about them for the next, you know, week uh and and possibly beyond. You know, Michigan I think is the epitome of of what people love about the sport. I I think we came away feeling good about all four teams that were in yeah. the playoff and I can't remember, well obviously there hasn't been one like that. There's so, no fraud in the playoffs this year. Nope. Nope. 
all four teams belonged with one another. I don't know if the matchups had been different, if that would have worked out differently, but we saw two great semifinal games. The There's first one time matchup that could have been differently, Andy. You know what that matchup is. The one that they're going to play in the national title game? No, if if you're going to... Oh, Michigan-Ohio State. Well, that would have been great. I don't. I, I might have interrupted you, so you finish okay. your point. But no, no, I was no, going to no. say I, the uh, Alabama inclusion potentially in the playoffs. Well, we'll you put get Alabama to on the other side, then you're back to the vintage same. We'll get to that because okay. I, we. I do want to talk about that in a bit because that that Alabama Kansas State game was very interesting and I think very very informative for what is going to happen in two years. So, yeah, but. <laughs> Georgia was not head and shoulders better than Ohio State. Michigan was obviously not head and shoulders better than TCU because TCU won the game. Is the game changing in a way that there will not be some team just towering over everybody once a year? Yeah, the, I think the bigger question, Andy, is will there not will there be a, a game a year where there aren't three teams or four teams towering over everybody else? Like if you think that the 11 seed in a year that isn't a two or three loss Georgia team can win the national championship because of the way that the game is assembling. And I like to read um, a quote from Sonny Dykes that I put into my story. I asked him at the media day in Scottsdale before the game, um, you know, why his team was able to transcend their lack of uh, talent, uh, not lack of talent, but their lack of on paper talent in comparison right. to, to past, and I thought that it was a very interesting quote and something that we're going to have to dive into a lot. So, so how is it that TCU built this roster? He said, in today's college football world, um, it's a lot a different assembling a team than it was uh, a while back. You used to rely on signing recruiting class. You redshirted the class if your program was good enough to do that. So all the programs that were good historically had an advantage because they didn't have to play freshmen. Then those teams went to bowl games, got those 15 extra practices, got a chance to work those young players, and those young players got an extra year of eligibility on the back end. There was only one way to acquire players back then, and that was a traditional through high school recruiting. Well, in today's world, it's a lot different. You can acquire players and acquire them in a lot of different ways. People don't really redshirt as much anymore because if you redshirt somebody, chances are they're not going to be there for very long. So what happens is that it opens the door for maybe a non-traditional program to acquire players in a different way, which is kind of what, what we did. Had we not been able to add 13 transfers, we would have been in trouble defensively. So our roster our roster is constructed a little bit differently than Michigan's, but I do think that you're going to start to see more teams like DCU get on stages like this. Well, and Michigan's there in part because of transfers. Oli right. Ole was was a huge transfer addition for them. So and I, you just I, saw what they did in the portal this past yes. two weeks, five Absolutely. really Probably good players. The, the best yeah. job in the portal of any team this year. So it, it is changing. NIL's changing it. I think if we'd listened to The Economist, they told us NIL will spread the talent more rather than consolidate it more. And it turns out, they were right. It's almost like they study this stuff. So I, I, I think we're going to see us a little more of a spread, less of the one or two dominant teams. That said, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State still have a prohibitive advantage in acquiring yeah. talent because pre-NIL. put our heads I in the sand. I was, talking, I was talking about this with an NIL person today, someone who runs NIL for, for one of these big schools. Okay. And they said – they don't have to pay as much up front, those schools, the Georgias, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, because they have a built-in 
sales pitch of we make first rounders. That a new staff, like Sonny Dykes never had a chance to say that because he just got to TCU. So he can't say we make first rounders at TCU because he wasn't there. So he can't say that. But Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, and Ryan Day can say that credibly and players will believe them. What will be interesting is some of these guys that that are going for the bigger money and picking different schools who would have gone to Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, if they wind up being good, they wind up being first-rounders, does that bring those schools into that club? Yeah, but I think that's something that happens over the course of a five- to seven-year period, not a one- to two-year period, because track records of you know developing draft picks and playing at the highest level – you know, at places like Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State are transcendent over decades, um, you know, or at least the college football playoff era, um, you know, and I and I don't know if the path to legit parity is that short, you know, I, I think that um, as NIL continues to flourish, I'm very curious to see if that market resets itself. Yeah, there's not going to be parity, like college football is not going to look like the NFL. It's not going to be a situation where the worst team can beat the best team on a given day. It's not. I know, but I think parody in the sense of can the 15th best team ever beat the first best team. Right. And like, I, I, like I don't that know if we're going to get there. Because like the gap between the best team in college football and the 15th best team in college football it's is wider huge. than the best team in the NFL and the worst team in the NFL. And, and it's probably wider than the 15th best team to the 60th best team. That's right. And it's like, as we go into this national championship game and we start to break it down, like there's no way I could possibly in good faith pick TCU to win that football game. Like it just, it, I can't like, and I won't. And it, it, it's the, weird. You, you can't pick them in good conscience, but you sure hope they do. Because yeah, it and be I think the entire exciting. sport would love to see it. I would yeah. love to see it. Although it would, you know, crumble my, Stars matter thrown. Oh, no, two, two, four. Great point. Super seniors yeah. are making the sport better. Given most students graduate in five years now going from four eligibility years to five might make some sense. I don't think they're going to do that, but I do think you're exactly right that especially for the teams where the players are pretty good, but not necessarily high NFL draft picks, you're getting a lot of quality starting college players coming back. So you get that, the get that, old, stay old thing. That, that the point is really good, too, because... Yep. As you break down new ways to to you know look at the talent on a roster, you have to start asking yourself some questions. Like, um, do we re-rank the players after they go into the portal? Do we re-rank everybody's roster after a given year mm-hmm. to give a better sense? But how much value is a three-star prospect who's a fourth or a fifth-year senior in comparison to a right. five-star a, a, sophomore? A three-star prospect who has been starting for three years – at a power five school and is 22 or 23 years old, especially on the line of scrimmage, that person is extremely valuable. Right. And, and maybe more so than, you know, a high end four star defensive tackle who's in his first year starting who redshirted right, or played old, yes. as a six, as a sixth man or something. Yeah. Yep. No, it, it, it really is. It, the dynamics are changing. We'll be right back after these words. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I want to talk about some of these other bowl games, Ari, but in the context of what's coming with the playoff, because I think it's very interesting what we saw. What we saw in the Orange Bowl was fascinating. What we saw in the Sugar Bowl was fascinating because – Alabama and Kansas State both would have made the playoff. Now, they would not have played one another. USC would have played at Alabama based on the the CFP rankings. K-State would have played – I'm trying to remember. They would have been, I think, the 11 or the 12 seed. So they they would have played somebody else. But – or no, the Tulane would have been 12 seed playing TCU. So – K-State would have been the nine seed. Oh, yeah, K-State would have played Tennessee. Wouldn't K-State, have, ten- would have, K-State have been been higher ranked? I'm losing Wouldn't K-State have been higher ranked because they were the conference champion? Nope, because they weren't one of the four highest ranked. They weren't ranked one of the four highest ranked. Okay, yeah, yeah nine, nine is yeah. right. Utah and Clemson were getting buys. Right, okay. You're, and, I'm with you now. So, interest, now, like, for example, I, uh, Clemson... Clemson would have had to play the winner of one of those those first two games. I think they would have had the, the four ends up playing the five, so they would have had to play the winner of the TCU Tulane game. So you probably got a, a, a Clemson TCU game in a quarterfinal. I think TCU wins that game. Probably, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and that's that's where things get pretty interesting. And so you know, I look at Alabama, and they just they they go down ten nothing, and they blow the doors off K State after that. Like, how much of a bracket buster is Alabama or a team like that? It, it could have been this year's Alabama. It could have been 2015 Ohio State, uh, 2012 Texas A&M. You watched Alabama play on Saturday. You could make the case that they were one of the four best teams in college football. Absolutely. And if you put if you put Alabama in on the other side of the bracket against TCU or Michigan, like in me in good faith, I, I'd be – I don't know. I was so impressed by both of those teams, but – 
it'd be really hard not to pick Alabama in, yeah. the, in that game. And if Alabama would have played TCU or Michigan and won by 14, which still would have been maybe a seven-point game for most of it, and then they score at the end to make it 14, this playoff would have felt very similar to previous playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you make yourself think about what the 12-team field would look like, this is the exact point of why I was kind of against expansion, because what you're going to do is you're going to open the door for a team like Alabama to be in, and you're going to deprive yourself of a team like TCU playing for a national championship but, potentially. But but they, you need to earn it. You need to you need to earn your way to the national championship. And, and TCU did that. No, by playing the best teams. You're going to have to really earn it now. And right. so like you can't you can't get by cuz Alabama lost to Tennessee and LSU. But you but you see what, you know, this is the point that I've always made, mm-hmm. which is even the teams that didn't earn it in the regular season who are still in a, unequivocally one of the five or four best teams in college football as I think we can agree Alabama is this year that you're still going to have the penalty of playing that yeah, Alabama team on that stage. I want to see them play. I want to yeah, see them play know, the best teams. But in, so, in the same discussion of are we going to start to see more teams have a shot at the table and stuff, my opinion is that if things don't change drastically or continue to go in the same direction as the way that these rosters are constructed, that all you're doing is giving these other teams a seat at the table that they Ari, didn't otherwise what's, deserve. What's the spread on the TCU-Georgia game? 13. So what's the difference? That TCU got there? Yeah, I mean, I think winning a semifinal game is really important for them. It's very important for them. But so would be. And we're the ones saying not to count them out, right? But what game are we playing? You're saying they wouldn't have a chance in a 12 team because they might play Alabama. Well, they beat Michigan today. They they wouldn't have a chance. I think that this, this year's TCU team could beat Alabama. I don't think this year's TCU team could beat Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State three games in a row. Well, then they should get better. Yeah. It, weren't you the one saying people need to be extraordinary and figure out how to be extraordinary? Then figure out sure. how to be extraordinary. So I just I think that's going to be so much better because if you like these two games, imagine eight games before them. Now, there will be some blowouts, but because of the way it's structured, because it's not one versus 12, it's going to be five versus 12 and, and six versus 11 and seven, 10 and eight, nine. There's a really good chance you're going to get games like you saw today with the same winner go home stakes. Oh, absolutely. There's going to be down to the wire games for and sure. That is great. going to yeah. be amazing because your heart was in your throat the entire time today. You didn't feel that way watching the Orange Bowl. And there were some great bowl games this year. Like the, yeah. the Liberty Bowl was awesome. Uh, well, I mean, it feels like other than the Orange Bowl, all of Friday was pretty great. Like all yeah. of Thursday was well, the entire great. bowl season has been fun to watch. It was awesome. Yeah. I'm with you. And, I, and like, listen, we can't continue in this relationship as friends having the debate about whether it should expand. It's expanding. Well, exactly. And I, we don't, and we I don't think, need to and I think too, I just, that it's going to be awesome when it gets here. And I I'm just think we need to, to prepare it. for it. And, and I do, I am hopeful. I, I, again, I don't know. But I'm hopeful, based on the very limited amount of data we have, that you are going to see more teams that really are capable of winning the national championship. I don't know if that's true, but I think it's trending that way. Yes. Yeah. I think I think I could buy that it's trending that way. Great. I mean, oh, here's all- a great stat from Zach Ament. The Cure Bowl, Troy versus UTSA, 
first day of bowl season will be the only matchup this season between conference champs in a postseason game. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we almost got a national championship game of two non-champs. So, can you can you imagine what what would a Michigan fan be thinking right now if that kick had gone in for Ohio State? I think that it would have the question I have for you is well, I've got two points I want to make. First, Ohio State fans hate Michigan. I understand that they hate Michigan, but I was so kind of like a little surprised that they were so happy to see Michigan lose to TCU because if I were an Ohio State fan, my number one wish would be to play them in the national championship game. Yes. I'd be the I'd want my team if they were good enough to beat Georgia to have a chance to be the one that puts the stake through the heart of your rival after they were so high on happiness for the past, you know, six weeks or whatever long it's been. Um, And the second thing is, is I was trying to come up with, if I were a Michigan fan would beating Ohio state and then watching Ohio state win the national championship be miserable, be worse than losing to them. The Michigan fans would say, no, it doesn't matter because we're in the Big Ten and getting the, winning the Big Ten title is the only thing that matters and, and winning that game is the only thing. No, it doesn't. Winning the national title is what matters. It's like if Ohio they State would have wins- sought to watch them play for the national title and so probably win it. If you gave them ass juice into their neck yeah, and said, would you rather win the national championship and lose to Ohio State, they would all be like, yeah, right? Yes, they would want to win the national championship. Just like Alabama lost to Auburn in 2017 and won the national championship and was like, who cares that we lost to Auburn? Yeah, if that field goal would have gone in, that would have just, it's like, why can't Michigan have anything? Oh, I mean, it it would have been brutal for the Michigan fans because Ohio State would have been, what, a 10-point favorite against TCU? Probably. So I don't know if they'd won or not. Like I don't maybe know if this maybe was, even this, similar to Georgia after what we yeah. saw. Yeah, I don't know if this was Ohio State at their ceiling, and maybe they don't play that well the following week, or I, I don't know. But if that kick goes in, I think there would have been a very good chance that Ohio State winds up the national champ. And yeah, that would have sucked for Michigan fans. So yeah, yeah. Well, I get you know the good news for Michigan fans is that you know you can be Michael happy Thompson. With them. As a Michigan fan, my New Year's saved. <laughs> yeah, can be happy with another positive, uh, you know, season in the right direction and a win over Ohio State. And now you can watch with the rest of us on Monday to see if TCU can can slay the dragon. So you know, good for you. It, it was uh, there's a lot of drama in this in this yeah. uh, in this, this semifinals. This is an interesting one from Go Black Forty Five, and and I I sort of agree and I sort of disagree. When people say more teams, they're just swapping big brand names. Take out Bama, put in USC, swap Ohio State for, I'm assuming UT means Texas, but it might mean Tennessee. That's what people and TV want. TCU is a nice story, but folks want more big brands. I disagree. I think they want more big brands, but they also want TCU. Like, they want Cinderella, too. What do you mean about, what do you think that means as it translates to ratings? Oh, I, I listen, big brands are better for ratings. Let's be real. But a Cinderella story is great too. People love a Cinderella story. Do you think that the story. general college football fan will be turning in tuning in next Monday to see TCU try to beat Georgia in the same not nearly numbers. as much as if it'd been Georgia. It would have been like Georgia, Michigan, or Georgia, if, Alabama if, or something like that. It, it would if it was Georgia, Michigan, it would have been off the charts. Yeah. I it, Everybody says that they want parody. Yep. So if you want parody and it shows up and TCU's the team that's playing, 
then watch the game as if it were two big brands. Exactly. Because everybody says they want parity, but I think there is some question about whether or not people actually do. Because well, you know I'd, I'd love to see TC because you always talk about, you know, you should try to become the next Clemson, the next team that becomes a member of this club. I want TCU to become the next member of this club. I think that would be yeah. a great story. I want Utah to become the next member of this club. I think that would be awesome. Right. Yeah. I mean, if the unthinkable happened and TCU beat Georgia, would that be the most surprising national champion of your lifetime? Oh, yeah. Maybe in the history of the game? It'd be the most surprising national champion ever. Because BYU won, it, you know, in 1984, they were undefeated. But that was the era where you couldn't, you couldn't just match, like you couldn't just put them against the next best team. And TCU would have to have gotten through Michigan and Georgia. Like there'd be nothing fluky about that. Yeah, That's, like BT Baser says, you want Cinderella to get bounced in the Sweet 16 so you can get a week of talking about Duke, UCLA, Kentucky, and North Carolina. And it's like, do you think that now that we've arrived in a place where Cinderella has has reached the national championship game, that's a good thing for college football? Or do you think that, you know, being competitive in a semifinal is as far as college football fans want to see. I think it's a good thing as long as they're competitive in the championship game, which I'm not ready to dismiss them after watching them in the fiesta. But if I gave you ass juice, what would your final score be? I don't know if I picked Georgia to cover it 13, honestly, after watching that defense get destroyed tonight. Yeah. I I think I would lay the points. But TCU has spent all year we both, proving people wrong. We both wrong, thought so. we'd lay the points with Michigan and, and Georgia, mm-hmm. and guess who covered? No, I took the points. TCU and Ohio State. No, I took TCU. Oh, I mean, oh okay, I got you. Yeah. But yeah, T- but TCU Michigan isn't and, in the same stratosphere as Ohio State and Georgia from a talent standpoint, playing on an indoor field with a month to prepare. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not the same beast. The boogeyman's waiting around the corner. We're going we're gonna to see it again. And, you know, the truth is, is that until the rosters are more you know, equally put that it's going to bear out in the end, I think. Well, and, and look, here's the thing. There are going to be years where there's a blowout in the championship game. There are years where the Super Bowl is a blowout. Right. And, and those teams are designed to be as close to one another talent-wise as humanly possible. Sometimes yeah. it just happens. Sometimes there's a bad matchup. Styles make fights. Uh, I just don't know. want to see a national championship game that's 56 to 3. I don't want it to either. But again, like I said, there are sometimes blowouts in the Super Bowl too. It just, it'll happen sometimes, but I just want exciting games along the way, whether that's exciting, an exciting game at the end, exciting games in the first round, exciting games in the quarterfinals, exciting games. I well, don't, you got your wish this year. That's for I sure. did. And that's what I love it. It, it too late for the 14 playoff. We'd already decided it was too boring, gotten rid of it, but I'm glad it happened. It, it's so funny. Cause I think back to 2012 when they created a playoff and then they were trying to figure out how to logistically do it, what nights to do it. Cause they had that weird deal where the, the Rose bowl and the sugar bowl had to be on January 1st. And I remember Bill Hancock saying, we're going to make new year's Eve, a new tradition, a new college football tradition. Well, they finally got that on new year's Eve as the freaking ball dropped. Did you see the, the synced up footage of the ball drop in New York city and the field goal in the peach bowl? Uh, I did not, but I heard uh, about the how ball passed the left upright the moment the ball hit the ground in Times Square. It was incredible. That's sad. That's funny. That's sad. It's not sad. <laughs> I mean, it's sad, yeah, it's I sad feel, for Ohio feel bad State, but I mean, I feel bad for the kicker. 
I, oh, well, I, I, I always I feel, feel bad for, for the individuals. Yeah, that. yeah. No, that's and it's funny because I spent the whole night telling Jeff Schultz from the Athletic was sitting sitting right next to me, and there were a few extra points down near the the side of the field that we were on, where Georgia nearly blocked him. And I'm like, George is blocking a kick tonight. And as soon as they're lining up for that field goal, I'm like, what have I been saying all night? What have I been saying all night? And when that thing went side, I was like, I told you. And then we saw the replay and they didn't actually touch it. There was it. no he block. Just, yeah. He just shanked it. But it was like, it, it was, it was, they'd gotten very close a few times. So I, I was, I was sure that kick was getting blocked. But it was, when I saw the synced up footage, uh, it was at Bubba Prague on Twitter. Uh, it was, it's go find it. It it will it will amaze you because they're counting down in New York City. Ruggles is lining up for the field goal. He kicks it with about two seconds before the ball hits, and then as the ball is flying past the upright, the ball in Times Square hits. Well, New Year's in Phoenix. I was on this call with you. Yeah, like I said, look at your perfect face. Oh. <laughs> I know you'd rather be kissing your beautiful wife, but you're stuck with me. We did the air kiss on the FaceTime. Does that count? Very, oh, that's better than my my wife and I kissed by GIF. She sent me one at midnight. I sent her one at 1223 because at midnight I was a little busy. Yeah, I'm sure you were. Um, <laughs> I thought it was really cool for our podcast that you were in one and I was at the other. That We're going to have to do this again. But, but we'll be back together time next to week. bring up what we're doing next week. We are headed to Los Angeles for the national title game. It's going to be the Andy Staples show and friends in LA at media days. We we national title game media day, me and Ari are going around and we are asking players in the national title game. The would you rather questions? <laughs> Somebody's a- answering the turtle question. I don't oh, know who was, it's going to be. Yeah. We're going to have to, you know, actually have a call and organize our thoughts. Cause I could have come way harder with Lane Kiffin. So I, I need to, Oh, I we're going to have to, to find the sure best would-you-rather question. We may, maybe we try some out on the show during the week to see yeah. what we like the best, to see what we're going to throw at the players come, I believe, Saturday's media day. So we, we, we will be prepared for this. It's going to be glorious, Ari. It's going to be I'm glorious. looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Now we're debating whether or not I should fly back to Dallas and then fly to L.A. or just stay here for a few more days and just drive over. Oh, you got to drive to L.A. I know. I want there's some great outlet malls on the way. Oh, it's the best outlet mall in America. They got a YSL outlet. There you go. You know how I know that? You've Saint Laurent. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe uh, hit the Salton Sea. Maybe get some in and out. There you go. Listen. Look at the windmills. You know, the the air windmills. This sounds like a pretty amazing week to me. Yeah. That's that's probably what you should do. I have to get my wife to go for it because uh, there's a toddler waiting for me at home. So we'll see. And also, our, our friends from the Solid Verbal. Dan Rubenstein and, and Ty yeah. Hildebrand. So Dan is a is a SoCal native. He has, from what I understand, rented a party van that will take a group of us from one taco establishment to another. Believe me, there will be some podcast content recorded that night. Oh boy, we're, we're going to have a, a hell of a time. I can't wait for it. But you know, I'm also excited for all the podcasts between now and then. It's we've got a lot it, to talk about, a lot to dissect, and. Hell, Andy, you know, there's no better way to ring in a new year than the games that we got on, on Saturday. Absolutely. It was, it was so a lot of fun. Stay tuned because we got a ton of great shows for you this week. Uh, we're going to call it Stars Don't Matter when Ari and Mitch get back together. We're going to have to do that. Yeah, we're going to have to do that. Oh, Maybe you is- should come on the show on Wednesday 
and we can have the discussion that we were having for two minutes on this one on that show. We can get you and Max Olson on maybe. That'd be a good show. Do it. We need the portal authority. Yes. We We need the portal authority. We need you. Yeah, we'll, we'll set that up. We got a lot to catch up on. Guys, thank you so much. Happy New Year to everybody. So glad we finally got two semifinal great games in the same day. It's about damn time. We'll talk to you soon.